This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. In the past five years, Kim Gilkerson and her husband Graham have transformed a languishing vineyard into an award-winning estate. Overall, production has increased per vine, and in 2019, their Cabernet Franc grape harvest doubled to about eight tonne. Leah Tebbett took a trip up north, where at the bottom of an island attached by an umbilical cord directly onto State Highway 10, she found Kim. We're just slightly south of Manganui, which is in the far north. It's about halfway between Kerikeri and Kaitaia. We're on Paifenua Island, which you can reach by road because we, we do have the highway attached to it at the bottom. And as I came down, there's just rolling scenes of vineyard leading down to your place in the tasting room, which then looks over the harbour of, is it Doubtless Bay and across to Monganui? Well, it's Monganui, which goes out to the Doubtless Bay harbour, yeah. It's yeah. picturesque. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand why you made the move from New Plymouth. Yeah, we absolutely love it up here. It's, it's just a wonderful place to be. Around a decade ago, Kim and husband Graham brought an old cottage at the base of the island. They sold the engineering business in Taranaki and started renovating, before realising in 2016 they'd completely moved in. Two years later, they brought the vineyard, which covers most of the island. I guess I was looking for something to do, and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it seemed like a really good opportunity. And uh, it, it needed a little bit of TLC, but we knew that the... The wine that it produced was really good, and it's about 12 hectares, yeah. We planted quite a bit of things, but uh, originally it was probably about 9 hectares in vines, and, and now we're sort of up to speed. You said it needed a lot of TLC. What, what was that about? Uh, well, it was planted in 2006 mostly, uh, with some really interesting varieties of grapes. What was required We've relocated um, quite a few of the vines so that they're more compact. We've made better use of the land and we've put in some new varieties as well. So our existing varieties were the Cabernet Franc, Tanat and Syrah for the reds and the Viognier, Arnis and Pinot Gris for the whites. And they're, yeah, they've grown really well and they're doing well. And we've planted some Chardonnay, some Gewürz, and uh, some Chambersen, which is an up-and-coming Northland grape. Oh, really? What's hmm. that about? It's a red grape, and it just really seems to like the climate here. It handles well. It makes a beautiful red wine. What's your favourite, then, of, of all those? <laughs> I don't have a favourite. <laughs> and people ask me that, and I say, well, it's just like choosing your children. They're all different, and um, they all, you know, they all have their own special qualities. In the five years that you've you've had the vineyard, what have been the biggest challenges? 
Well, I guess the biggest challenge was just learning what you needed to do in the vineyard itself. We've been so lucky with the support that we've had from people in the industry here. We have a, a Northland Wine Growers Association and Rod McIver, he makes our wine for us and he's been great. Plus the people working in the vineyard are experienced and we've just, yeah, we've been lucky in that way. But just learning what you have to do. So I signed up to the New Zealand Sustainable Wine Program early on, and that's that was a huge benefit because they're quite particular about what they expect you to do as a grower and what you know how you how you regulate yourself. But it also means that you put the right processes in place early on. Uh, so that that was that was a huge learning curve. Was there any fear moving into something that you didn't know much about? Perhaps I should have been, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was just, oh, it was an exciting time, and I guess we'd always been interested in wine. In my early, early days, I'd, I'd started a botany degree, so I guess that had always interested me. Yeah. Come it, in handy, hopefully. Yeah, it has, it has come in handy, so it's always been interesting, and actually, yeah, getting the, getting everything right and just the science behind it's been really interesting. Being a farmer is a bit different to engineering because the weather in engineering is, it does make a difference, but not as much as being a farmer. So, you know, you you really do have to watch the weather all the time and you have to understand what's happening. And of course, we've had some interesting weather events over the last year or so. Mm. We had Cyclone Gabriel and, and earlier rain events in, in the beginning of the year. Did that affect the vineyard in any way? Uh, well, it did affect it, but we we were very lucky and we count ourselves very fortunate because the, the flowering and fruit set, uh, while the weather was a little inclement around that, it didn't seem to affect it as much as we thought it would. So we had good flowering and fruit set. And then uh, Cyclone Gabriel came along. We, we knew it was coming, so we thought, well, we'd better pick our Pinot Gris because the Pinot Gris splits easily. And we left everything else on with our fingers crossed. And luckily for us, most of the rain went elsewhere and we sympathise with those that were severely affected. But uh, we actually managed to get some fine weather after that and, and our, our harvest was, was very good. We were, we were very happy with it. It is a very big stroke of luck really, isn't it? Yeah, it is a stroke of luck and... and some of it is nerves as well, so how long do you hang on with your fruit? Mm-hmm. And we we decided that we would just let it go and see what happened, and, and we were rewarded for that. So our reds particularly, you know, they take a little bit to ripen, but in the north we harvest a lot sooner than the rest of the country, so we're all over by mid-March really before others even start. So, yeah, it's a, it's a nail-biting time. In terms of the wine, some of the varieties have won some significant awards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been we've been very. Our Viognier twenty twenty won the New Zealand International Wine Show trophy for the Viognier. That was a huge accolade for us. We've gone on. We've got many five star vintages that have come through for our Viognier's, for our Tanat, our Cabernet Franc. 2021 uh, was second in the Wine Folio Single Varietal Challenge, and that was that was huge for us as well. There were some heavy hitters in all of these 
competitions. So, yeah, it's it's exciting when you know you can produce something that's up there with everybody else. Should we go have a look in the tasting room then? Okay, <laughs> let's do it. It must be something else living out here, and we probably would never want to leave, I'm guessing. It gets, it gets hard. Some days I think I really should actually just leave the property and go in, into town, which is Manganui, which is not a huge town, and it's lovely. So, yeah, I, you can just be here and, and get lost in it. And with the water too, you've got a landscape that changes every day, no doubt, depending on what's happening with the weather. Yeah, well, it does, and... We're, we're very lucky. We've got lots of herons and sperm bulls and oyster catchers and that that, that, uh, that sit here and uh, you can sit and watch them. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just lovely. Speaking of birds, the name Dancing Petrel, where does that come from? Well, that comes from when we were out fishing and we needed a, a label because we, we bought the grapes of the Viognier originally without the vineyard, so we needed to have a label. And the little storm petrel dances around your boat and it's, it's like it doesn't touch the water. They call it the Jesus bird because it just looks like it walks on water. Uh-huh. And, and it's, uh, it's really lovely. And so we thought, oh, dancing petrel would be yeah, a nice way to symbolise where, where we're from. The tasting room is a small space just offset from the cottage. It's small, no doubt, as you want nothing more than to make use of the outdoor table and soak in that view. However, inside, lined neatly on a long slab bench, which was once resident in an old post office, is the assortment of wines decorated with the petrol. Gosh, there's a few, actually. More than I realised when you were listing them off. Yes, well, because... We use particularly our Cabernet Franc and our Viognier in a couple of different ways. So we have a sparkling Viognier and a sparkling Rosé, which is a Cabernet Franc Viognier, both of which have been very well received. We also do a sparkling Cabernet Franc, which is a sparkling red, which is pretty unusual for New Zealand. And yeah, just because I really like sparkling reds, so I thought I'd give it a go. I agree on you with that one. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, and we have a late harvest Viognier uh, that originally occurred by accident because when we were picking the Viognier there was quite a few left on the vine so we just left them to to see what happened and uh, a month after after picking we picked them and it's it's beautiful yeah so, so a happy accident there. Yeah, a happy accident came out as a five-star wine. So yeah, Oh, for goodness sake, a very happy accident. <laughs> yeah, we were very happy with that one. <laughs> and yeah. you do a port, I can see, in the corner over here too. We do do a port, yeah. That's been going really well. The, the latest uh, port is Cabernet Franc, Syrah, and, and a little bit of Tanat in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's gone really well. And so people come obviously here to, to try the wines, but it must be hard to get them to leave because right behind us, we're looking out across to Monganui. Yeah, that's true. It is, it's, a, it's a very easy setting to get comfortable in. And yeah. uh, actually, that's the, I think that's the charm of it. I, I've made a lot of good friends from the tastings. Yeah, it, it's been lovely. Yeah, because the water's literally lapping at the end of, of the grassy bank. So 
if you got really hot and, and needed to cool off and pop your feet in, I guess you could too. Well, absolutely, if you wanted to, yes. <laughs> in amongst the oyster beds that are down there. Yeah, so you put your Crocs on, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just magical. Do you have any visions for how you could take this further after five years under your belt? We would like to expand our tasting room experience and, and we're looking at ways to do that now. We are slowly getting our wine further and further afield. It's it's in many of the restaurants in Northland and uh, we we think that's wonderful. There will come a point where we where we don't want to get much bigger and, and that's probably getting getting close. We don't want to be a huge vineyard. We, we like to be able to keep control of what we've got and, and have that boutique flavour to it. Kim Gilkerson there of Dancing Petrol Vineyard and Wines, based across the harbour from Manganui Township.